Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Hey, I truly hope you are enjoying worshiping with us today, that you've had a great chance connecting, that you've already said hi in the comments section, but if you haven't, this would be an awesome time just to do that. Comment in the comments section, share the service with your friends on social media, and, uh, and let us connect today. All right, so this week, as I was getting ready for this message, and as I was thinking about what I was going to say, it really hit me that that there is a world around us that doesn't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And in many cases, part of the reason is because neither you nor I have told them. So then I asked myself the question, why haven't we told them? Is it fear about what they will say? Is it because we don't care if they die without a relationship with Jesus? Is it because we don't care if they spend eternity in hell? Is it because we really don't believe that it's that big of a deal Maybe it's because we don't even fully comprehend how good we have it. Maybe we don't realize all that God has done for us. Recently, there was a move on social media that I learned about from Becky Fricky. It was called Hashtag Jesus Changed My Life. I saw Scott Peterson did one. He talked about the impact that Jesus had on his life. And it was fun to watch that. I, I appreciated reading ones that others had, had written or hearing other people share about how God had impacted their lives. You see, the reality is, there is a lot that we have as Christians, and we have it because of Jesus. I believe that if we realize all that Jesus has done for us, we will want others to know about what it is He truly has done. Over the next few weeks, we're going to explore these and 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 see what God says is true about those of us who know Jesus. We're going to see what it means for you and for me to have a relationship with Jesus, how that impacts our life, what God has to say about it. Because I truly believe that the more we learn about what God says about us, the more we're going to want other people to know Him. So today we're going to take a look a little bit deeper behind the curtains about what Jesus accomplished when he came to earth, how he lived a perfect life, died, rose again, and defeated sin and the grave. But before we get to that, let's pray. God, I thank you for this privilege of sharing your word. Speak through me, please. Use my words, even through the internet, to impact lives that people would know who you are and that they would grow in their walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I'm going to be teaching from the book of Hebrews today. I'm going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. And if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn there. If not, we'll try and put some of the verses on the screen as well so that you have those. But uh, either way, it'll work out just fine. So we're going to start in in the early part of Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 4. Paul, who is the writer of Hebrews, is talking about the Old Testament law. The Old Testament is all the rules that people had to follow and And they had to be in right relationship with God. And to do that, they had to follow those rules. In fact, if you've read through the Bible, this is the the part where I hear people talk about being so bored. It's so boring. The, The Bible talks about how there's animal sacrifices made for certain sins and 
how many days people had to be away from people after certain things happened because they were unclean. People couldn't do this, they had to do this, so on and so forth. And if you don't believe me, take a look at Leviticus and Numbers in the Old Testament, at the, at the beginning of the Old Testament. So that's what the, Paul starts talking about. And then he says that, that these sacrifices were simply a reminder of sins. The sacrifices that were happening there were a reminder of sins. And we get to verses 5 and forward and we read Jesus' words. He says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. Now we jump to verses 12 through 18 where Paul's explaining and expounding on what Jesus says. And he says this. He says, But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. For he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my law in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he added, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sins is no longer necessary. That is a lot, and I understand that. But it's it's extremely important that we see that, that Jesus is changing the rules. In the Old Testament, we're told that God's covenant, his agreement with Abraham and with Abraham's children, the Jews, we're told about that. And and God promised Abraham, 99-year-old Abraham, who we discussed a few weeks back, God told Abraham that he would give him a son and that on that son he would build a great nation. God made this covenant with Abraham that he would do great things through his descendants. And up to this point, he had. Along the way, a lot of different things happened with Abraham's children and their descendants, the Jews. And that's all covered in the Old Testament. All those things. That's what the Old Testament is. You see, God's people go off and and do their own thing multiple times. God gives them Ten Commandments that we talk about. That's the moral law. He gives that to them to keep them on track. And then he gives them about 600 other rules that, that are what we call the ceremonial laws where we learn about sacrifices and all that goes with that. All those rules were to keep Abraham's family focused on Abraham's God, that they would have a right relationship with him. But you've likely heard the stories, like like we would probably do in their shoes, where they keep screwing things up. You see, God's desire is for them to follow him and his laws, but, but they see other powerful nations have a king, so they want a king to lead them. God concedes and then gives them a king. There were some good kings, but there was also a number of not-so-good kings. They see all of the the other lowercase g gods, not real gods, but but lowercase g gods that have temples. And they want a temple to represent their god. And so God goes along with them and, and he allows them to have that temple to represent him. It is when Solomon is dedicating that temple that the Lord actually speaks to his chosen people and says words that you've likely heard 
repeated in recent days. It's these. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. But, like I expect we would have done in those same people's position, the Jews still stop following him. God raises up other nations who conquer Abraham's descendants. They repent, and then the cycle repeats itself more than once. God has been keeping his covenant, his promise with Abraham that he would build a great nation out of him, but his descendants are struggling to, to stay true to that relationship with God. Then along comes Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus brings with him a new covenant. This is a, a new agreement that will replace the old one, the old one that God had with Abraham. Jesus is changing the rules. He introduces something completely new. As Paul says, under the old covenant, the, the priest continues to offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. But now Jesus has come and God has offered Jesus as a perfect sacrifice for sin. A sacrifice that doesn't need to be repeated over and over and over again. Instead, he replaces your need and my need to offer animal sacrifices. Jesus died one time for all people. Jesus has introduced something new. Now, instead of stone tablets, God tells us he puts his laws inside us, inside our hearts, inside our minds, so that when we have a relationship with him, it truly is in us. And when we embrace this new covenant, he puts what he expects inside of us. We have God, the Holy Spirit, living in us, providing conviction, providing direction. You see, Jesus, when he came to earth, introduced something new. He introduced this new covenant. Now, I do feel an important point of clarification needs to be made that while Jesus brought to reality for us this new covenant, it doesn't mean that the moral laws in the Ten Commandments were replaced. No, instead he replaced the, the ceremonial and the sacrificial laws, but, but not the moral ones. See, the truth is that Jesus actually doubles down on these moral laws, the, the Ten Commandments, during his time on earth. He told the people that, that they had been told not to murder, but if they hate, it is the same as murder. We need to be careful because my guess is that the words, I hate them, at some point has come out of our mouth. Jesus also told people that they were not to commit adultery. But he, he builds on that and says, but if you look lustfully at another person, that's the same thing as committing adultery. In Matthew, he even explains that the moral law is summed up in the command to love God and love people. So I want to be very clear that this new covenant, with this new covenant, Jesus didn't replace the moral law set up in the Ten Commandments. He actually doubles down on them and replaces the ceremonial law and the old covenant. But the Ten Commandments, that moral law still stands. All right, so, so let's get back on track here with things. Um, Jesus has introduced something new. But it wasn't because all of the things that had happened over the Old Testament and time 
had caught God off guard. No, no, God had a purpose and a plan all along. He created mankind in Genesis, wanting perfect fellowship and perfect relationship with him. And then Adam and Eve screwed it up. That didn't catch God off guard. And he then provides this covenant and direction with how to restore fellowship with him. The people keep screwing it up. Again, not catching God off guard. And in fact, the Old Testament is full of prophecies about Jesus and the Messiah. And then God is going to bring a new covenant to replace the old one. Do you get it? This isn't something we could do on our own. In the Old Testament, there was rules and and different things people had to do to get by, but they couldn't do it in and of themselves. They had to keep making these sacrifices over and over, year after year, but they couldn't do enough in and of themselves. Even as God's chosen people, they had to have the sacrifices. You and I cannot do enough good in and of ourselves either. It is not possible. We can't keep the rules well enough to achieve a right with God status. We just can't do it. Think of that person right now is doing, who is doing a lot of good in your circle of friends or in your community. My guess is right now there is someone that you have been impressed with and they're dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic and, and helping people make sure they have food to eat. They're working to take care of sick people. They're doing a number of great things. I know I can, I can think of one right now that I'm extremely impressed with. But that person can't do enough to reach a right with God status of themselves. We're told more than once in the Bible that there is no one righteous. All have sinned, every one of us. We all fall short of God's glory. Thankfully, though, God had a plan and, and he changed the rules away from animal sacrifices and the nearly 600 other ceremonial laws. He sent Jesus to introduce this new and binding agreement. He sent his son Jesus so that we could have forgiveness and live in right relationship with God. And when we accept that gift, when we embrace this new covenant, Jesus will change your life. So I'm asking you, has Jesus changed your life? Have you accepted the gift that God gave when he sent his son Jesus to replace that old covenant and offer his life in exchange for the punishment that you and I deserve? Now, if not, if not, you need to know that you are headed for hell. But that can change today. Hell is a real place, a place of separation from God, a place where we're told that Satan and the demons were sent. You don't want to spend eternity there. I know I'm not sugarcoating it, but it's truly because I do care. I don't want to wonder if people who knew me or heard me speak didn't know about how important a relationship with Jesus is. I don't want to have people not know who Jesus is because I was afraid to say something. That isn't easy, and, and I, I don't want that to happen. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I beg you, today is a great time to start that relationship. He is waiting and he is ready. Remember that God created this earth because he wanted a relationship with humankind. He wanted companionship, yet for thousands of years, we keep running away from that relationship. And he has continued to pursue us because he wants a relationship with us. 
If you want to know more about this, if you need to know more about this, please reach out. Reach out, message me today, comment in the comment section. Hit us up on uh, email sam at therescuechurch.com or office at therescuechurch.com. We would love to walk through this step with you. But how about you, Christian? Has Jesus truly changed your life? We're going to talk about this over the next several weeks, about who you are in Christ. But I'm asking today, has Jesus changed your life? I'm not asking if you have changed your life. I'm asking if the Holy Spirit living inside of you and writing God's laws on your mind has changed your life. If he has, you're becoming more loving. You're you're loving God more. You're loving others more. The Holy Spirit inside of you does that. And if both of those are true, you will want others to know about who Jesus is and what he's done. Christian, there are people right now who don't have the peace that you do during this hard time because they don't know Jesus as their Savior. Christian, there are people all around you and I headed for an eternity in hell because they don't know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Have you told them? Christian, there are people all around you right now living without hope because no one has shared the hope that is in Christ. The hope that regardless of whatever they go through, there is a God who loves them and a God who wants a relationship with them. The reality is there is a God that will work all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. The reality is that as Christians, we are guaranteed that the best is yet to come. But do your friends know that? Do my friends know that? Have I told my friends? Will you tell your friends? We are God's plan to share hope with the world. The church, us as Christians, we're God's plan to share the love of Jesus with people where we live, where we work, where we have influence, and throughout the world. The church is God's plan to share his love with the world. Not sure how to start that conversation? Let me throw a couple ideas out you. Now, there's plenty of different ways, but here's a few. Jump on the Jesus Changed My Life movement. Hashtag Jesus Changed My Life. I know it was an Easter thing, but it's not too late. Get out on social media and in a two-minute video, share how Jesus has changed your life. And if you don't want to do a video, that's okay. I've seen it typed out as well. Type out a, a couple paragraphs of, of how Jesus changed your life. Just keep it short so you don't lose people's attention. Or you could ask somebody the question, what do you think about Jesus? Be sure to listen to their answer. Don't argue with them. Just ask. And hopefully they'll give you an opportunity to answer what you think about Jesus. Start the conversation. Or intentionally look for opportunities to share in your conversations what God has done for you. Give him the credit. It might be something like things things are tough right now, but I believe that God is still in control. Make those statements. Put them out there. See if an opportunity opens up for you to share who God is. Maybe you simply need to stop hinting at it with a friend and come out and ask the correct the question. You need to say, do you have a relationship with Jesus? What does that mean to you? Be willing to engage it head on. There's so many different ways you can do it and so many that work. The wrong way, though, is to do nothing. Let me encourage you, 
use your circle of influence to intentionally point people to Jesus today. Let's pray. God in heaven, I am so thankful that you chose to send your son Jesus to earth to die for my sins and for our sins. God, we are blessed more than we even know. Probably more than we realize. So God, I'm thankful for that. Please, please God, give, give me the courage to share. Let this not be something that I'm just willing to talk about, but unwilling to do. Give me the courage to speak up. God, I just ask that you would use me. I ask that you would use us as a church. That the people that are watching right now, the people that are connecting today, God, that, that you would use them. Prompt them that your spirit would motivate them to share what it means to have a relationship with Christ. God, there is a world of people around us who are dealing with a lack of hope, a lack of peace, and are headed straight to hell because no one has taken the time to lovingly tell them about a God who cares about them so much that he's been pursuing pursuing relationships with them. He's pursued relationships with people for thousands of years. And yet for some reason... For some reason, we seem to, to miss it. God, I just, I, I pray that we would impact our communities. That we would pray for people. That we would share you with them even today and this week. God, don't, don't stop prompting me. Don't stop prompting anybody that's, that's connected with us today from either asking the question about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus in their own life or sharing with others how you have impacted theirs. God, we know that you are the one that builds your church. We know that it's not us. So we ask that you would send your spirit out ahead of us, that you would send your spirit out to encourage and convict as we get a chance to share however we get the opportunity. Open those doors, God, for us this week. And help us faithfully walk through them. It's in your precious son, Jesus' name, we get to pray. Amen. I am thankful that you have joined us today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Like I said earlier on, we are going to do some fun stuff here. Um, those of you that have commented, those of you that have shared it, uh, you're going to enter in a drawing for a little prize package, a little gift package. It's not a lot, but it's something fun. So that's coming. I also want to let you know, if you are a part of the Rescue Church, please be watching your email because this week at 7 o'clock, so this coming Wednesday at 7 o'clock, that's the, I think the 22nd um, at 7, we are going to do something that we haven't done before and, and we're going to have a meeting where we're going to talk about what it looks like to be the church, the Rescue Church as we come out of this COVID-19 pandemic. What does it look like moving forward? I believe personally, and I believe for us as the Rescue Church, that God is, is doing a work in our lives and in our community. He is preparing us for something, and I don't want to miss it. I do not want to miss 
the opportunity to reach our communities, to truly make an impact in them. And I'm mindful of the fact that I don't have all the, all the best answers. I know the leaders at the Rescue Church are some amazing people, but we don't have all the right answers. And so if you are a part of the Rescue Church, there will be a Zoom link sent out. You can call in, you can get on and, and be on your computer, but it'll be a way for you to connect with us and share with us. So please don't miss it. I beg you, I plead with you, be there. Be ready to share your ideas. We'll be taking notes. I know we're not going to be able to take everybody's idea and do it. We're not even going to be able to do all my ideas. But I want to take them. I want to make sure that we make a wise, informed decision. Because Rescue Church, we are going to come out of this. And our best days are ahead of us because of who Jesus is. And there are people around us people in small rural communities who need Jesus and God is going to use us to do it. So let's not get caught off guard. Let's not get complacent. Let's talk about what we can do and what we need to do out of this. Please join us for that. Please be looking for that email. There's a lot of other announcements. I'm not going to take the time to tell you because I'll go on and on about them. But if you stay on, watch the slides. Jess will share with you what those announcements are. Again, thanks for being with us. Thanks for connecting today. I hope you have an amazing Sunday and, um, and that you truly remember who Jesus is and what he has done for you. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Church's past messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com.